Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I wish you and yours a happy new year. I'm not alone. As usual, Autumn Fisher is with us. Hello, happy new year. She's still on vacation, still in Milwaukee, I believe. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the handsomest producer in all of producery, and I'm lucky enough to have to look right at him for the next two hours, Jared Yamamoto. How's it going, guys? Happy New Year to you. Thanks, man. And uh, I won't even ask you about yours because I'm sure that it ended up... Uh, Jared plus New Orleans equals very drunk. I'm just glad that you survived and you're here and we're forging on for a new year. And why not start where we start... Let's start this new year where we start every Sunday. It's time for... Headlines of the Week. If you're new to us this year, 2016, we're only on once a week, usually, so we have to get caught up. I don't have, I'm not able to opine all week long. I sit around and shake my fist at the radio when I disagree with things, and I have to wait till Sunday. So bring me up to speed, Jared Yamamoto. Shake your fist at this, because an Al-Qaeda affiliate has released a new recruitment video that features Donald Trump, and it's telling Muslims that America has a long history of racism and discrimination and will ultimately turn on its Muslim community. Oh, well, because we really, really care about what they think about us. Yeah, I see a little smirk on your face, but I, I really mean it. I've never lived in a period of time where in the editorial rooms and in uh, just general conversation that Americans have cared so damn much about what our sworn enemies think of us. Here's, let's have a little piece of this uh, video. Yesterday, America was a land of slavery, segregation, lynching, and Ku Klux Klan, and tomorrow... It will be a land of religious discrimination and concentration camps. First of all, if all of that happened yesterday to today, we made a lot of progress in 24 hours. That's <laughs> yeah, the one we have thing. Yeah, a black that, president. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I want to go back here a little. And, and first of all, I, I believe it was ISIS that uh, now that was uh, Al Shabaab, which is yes. Al Qaeda. Correct. But you know they're jihadist. They're competing with one another, but they're, they have the same common goal, which is to uh, go after the West and Israel and the United States specifically. So it's really, we can talk about this in terms of the jihadist. And a couple of weeks ago at the debate, Hillary Clinton claimed that they were using Donald Trump in a video. We should explain that right after that guy said that, they showed a clip of Donald Trump saying, ban Muslims. And... This is kind of interesting. They couldn't find any jihadist video using Donald Trump beforehand, and now, all of a sudden, they've made one. How convenient. When you are an enemy of the United States, look through history, useful idiots, always very important, useful idiots amongst your enemies. So feed them what they want. Their narrative is, if Donald Trump becomes president, the jihadists are going to get even more angry at us, and it's going to get even worse. Absolute silliness. This is the truth. The jihadists don't see a difference between Barack Obama and Donald Trump. The jihadists don't see a difference between 
the kid who did the hunger strike at Missouri, and Ted Cruz. If you want to know what the reality is, that's the reality. The jihadists do not see a dime's bit of difference between Obama and Trump. And I have to believe that they've used Obama in videos before. Surely. They would use any president that's in videos before. I am so sick and tired of this point of view in this country. Anytime someone steps up and says, this is what we ought to do about ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any of them, and immediately the response is, oh, you'll just help their recruiting. It, all you're going to do is help them recruit more. Has there ever been a time in human history where a great power who was under assault gave one damn about what the enemy thought of them? I cannot conceive of this. I don't understand what kind of weirdness we're going through right now. Listen, if you've listened to this show, meaning if you're an intelligent person who tunes in, <laughs> If you've listened to this show, you know that Donald Trump is not my first choice for president of the United States. There may be 150 reasons not to vote for Donald Trump. But the fact that he upsets our sworn enemies is not one of them. This, I don't, what, it's almost as if we're in a Batman show and somebody has put magic weird dust over everyone yeah purple gas purple gas <laughs> out of the penguins umbrella right so that we all start worrying about things that don't matter why do you care what your sworn enemies think of you perhaps we should wait and see from isis and al-shabaab and el babu and boobop and boko haram and all of these perhaps they could tell us and give us guidance who would you like us to elect president of the united states is that the idea here? We have to placate the enemies? And then this guy, play that one more time, will you, Mark? Can you play that one more time, please? Mark? Yesterday, America was a land of slavery, segregation, lynching, and Ku Klux Klan. And tomorrow, it will be a land of religious discrimination and concentration camps. So that's Al-Shabaab. They're cousins in ISIS. Uh, we just this week got a hold of some material they had that were a guide on how to treat your sex slaves. When properly treat properly, them. How to properly treat your sex slaves. These jihadists are moralizing to us. And they in 2015, forget about yesterday and tomorrow, let's talk about 2015, where they have a guide for how to properly treat your sex slaves. And that will be forgotten and... The useful idiots in the press will say, hey, look, see, we got to close down Gitmo. We got to do all these things because it's upsetting our enemies. I want to upset our enemies. I want to upset them a lot. I have no interest in impressing. Why should we spend two and a half seconds trying to impress the people who are trying to kill us? Why are they trying to kill us? Because we are not them. By the way, it's, I get back to this quite often. I cannot understand in a world where a jihadist group has just released their guidelines on how to treat your sex slaves, where is the civil rights community in this country? I recognize that all the work isn't done. I recognize there are still battles to be fought. We're not a perfect nation. But the most important civil rights group in the world, dealing with a legacy of slavery, why is it always about the things that aren't perfect in this country? Shouldn't this be a huge voice when it comes to slavery that still exists in this world? 
Where are the American feminists? Sure, again, we're not perfect here. There are still battles to be fought, but I don't hear their voices when it comes to the fact that you have to ask your husband if you can drive in a moderate Muslim country. Do you think that the feminists' thinking is that they don't want to, I don't know, undermine their culture? Yes, I believe that they are at a, at, at a weird nexus because they believe in what used to be called the Oriental mystique, the exotic world that isn't ours. It's, oh, it's well, that's their culture, and you don't want to upset their culture. Okay, let's say that maybe 10% of the women in Muslim countries want to be dressed from head to toe and do what they're told all the time. There's still 90% that are slaves. They are slaves. You cannot convince me that 100% of women or 75% of women in any society don't want any rights and just want to be told what to do and basically exist on the earth as some sort of walking offense to God. That ha- really, I mean, that's really what yeah. it is. I mean, if you go to these religions, basically, women just kind of naturally offend God. So they have well, yeah, to. Yeah, if you know, I make you look at me in a sexual way, it's yeah. my fault. Yeah, you're the devil's in you. It's not me, the fact that I'm not civilized and I can't keep my hands to myself or, you know, dress up and go out and meet a woman the proper way, you know, so I can rationalize my behavior, my brutality upon you as a female, because in reality, we all know the devil resides in you. It's a temptation. Temptation resides in you. So therefore, you're at fault. I just, I, I'm so sick Are we talking about the Duggars? (laughs) We're talking about, Yes. All, no. Are they jihadists? No, they're not jihadists. They're the other things. They're hypocrites. Yeah. They're American hypocrites. We can deal with American hypocrites so long as they're not blowing up buildings and shooting people. <laughs> We're all hypocrites when you come down to it. But the idea of giving a damn, I've got to get editorial, uh, people from editorial rooms around the country on the show. I do not understand this narrative, this point of view. We have to shut down Gitmo. It helps them recruit. Yeah, as far as I know, unless somebody can enlighten me, there was no Gitmo on 9-11. It didn't exist. Yet we got 9-11. We've had a president, like him or not like him, who has been holding out the olive branch to these people for seven years now, and they have not taken it. We say to our enemies, you're not going to get a president in our modern times, including Hillary, more progressive on the issue of holding out an olive branch to jihadists than this one. Seven years. They haven't bit. Because... People in this country don't seem to understand that to them, we're all the same. There's no difference between Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and now these people are becoming, like I said, useful idiots to the enemy. That doesn't mean they're treasonous because they're not doing it on purpose, but you're becoming a useful idiot. This idea that Hillary Clinton puts out there, oh, the jihadists, they've got videos and they're, they're encouraging recruitment through using Donald Trump. It didn't exist. Now, two weeks later, it does. Who's playing whom? You know, what's really happening here? Uh, who cares what these people think of us? I, I just do not understand. Let's keep Gitmo open, if only to upset them, if only to make them mad. I mean, somebody has to tell me what it is exactly we have to do before they take another look at us and say, you know what, we're done with this war with them. Is there something that we can do in which they go, that's it, we're done. America's exactly what we want them to be, and we're not going to fight them anymore. If there isn't that, then everything else is just being a useful idiot and helping them out. All right, there's my rant. 
Do you so feel better? To start the new year, 2016. Useful idiot, American uh, hypocrite. <laughs> I do not care what the enemy thinks of us, and neither should you. More headlines when we return. Von Hessler Doctrine on News 94.5 and AM 750 WSB. Channel 2's Brad Nitz is predicting a high around 50, and that translates into a 7 on the Mellis meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Boy, I hope that last rant of mine doesn't encourage recruitment by the jihadist because, boy, if I found out that it did, I'd certainly stop doing that because apparently, according to every editorial board in this country, everything we do should be based on the idea of not encouraging more recruitment with the enemy. Uh Uh-oh, I see it on ISIS's Twitter right now, Eric. Oh, Oh, they got it already. Yes, he's... He's just like just like Donald Trump. I just don't. I really. I do not understand why we care so much about what they think of us. This obviously is academic. It comes off the college campuses, and there's just way too much of that thought going around. It's one thing for these academics to meet in the teachers' lounge and hit these weird ideas all over the place, but now they're actually policy in the country, and it hurts. I don't give a damn what the enemy thinks of us. And you know what? When you do that, you have to take logic to its end. Even on on this little level where you think that, well, Donald Trump, he's going to offend them, and then they're going to recruit more, or Gitmo offends them, and then they're going to be able to recruit more. Listen to me. If you you follow that logic to its end, what's in the basement, it's our fault. What's at the end of that logic? We're causing it. Understand that when you buy into this. You can't play around with logic at its ends. You have to drill down and find out what's at the bottom of it. And the idea that what we do to try to defend ourselves, we shouldn't do because it encourages them, at the end of that logic is, really, it's our fault. So if you believe that, know that logically you believe that this is all our fault. Let's have that discussion. I don't mind having that discussion. I know where I stand on that. But I don't mind having an honest discussion. But this idea that you shouldn't vote for Donald Trump because he upsets the enemy is absurd. I can give you 15 reasons off the top of my head not to vote for Donald Trump. None of them have to do with what the enemy thinks. None of us should give a damn. You think anybody cared what Hitler thought? No one should give a damn what the enemy thinks. They're after us, and we have to figure out what to do about that. And we can have all kinds of discussions. Should it be boots on the ground? Is it more about spying? Is it more about intelligence? Good conversations, people on all sides. But the idea that we should do anything to try to discourage their recruitment of jihadists is an absurdity. An absolute absurdity. Let's see if we can fit in one more headline. Yeah, so speaking of an absurdity here, um, remember how on the 4th of July we were talking about how we had the ability here in Georgia to launch fireworks off yes. ourselves here. Well, now there's new legislation coming up that says that they're going to put restrictions on these fireworks. Oh. And it looks like Eric, they're only going to allow us to or to fire off these these the fireworks on July Fourth and New Year's Eve um, from five p.m. until ten p.m. Exactly what you want to do on New Year's Eve, by the way. Stop two hours before the actual ringing in of the New Year. That's never going to happen. It's two days a year, people. Deal with it. Deal with it. I, you know, this is another thing that's wrong with this. I came in in a good mood, and now I'm suddenly feeling like I'm ranting about everything. But you know what, America. You don't have to gripe about everything you don't like. It's two nights a year. If you don't like it, if your dogs don't like it, here's a concept. 
Just put up with it. Now, if some jerk is still going off at 2.30 in the morning, you got a complaint. But you have no complaint if at midnight, New Year's Eve going into the new year, you're hearing fireworks. But my dogs go to sleep at 9 p.m. And the whole world should be changed to fit you. Well, I've got a, a neighbor that revs his motorcycle, got a Harley Davidson or something, and he revs it down the hall, down the driveway in our cul-de-sac every night. I had to call the police on him. Now, let me just say, I would agree with you there. If, if on a nightly basis someone is doing something that's that disturbing, it's fine. But if it's two nights a year, why do we need more <laughs> legislation? Just put up with it. Don't sue anyone. Don't call anyone. Just sit there and stew for really about four hours a year. Let's break it up into two hours on July 4th and two hours on New Year's Eve. Just take it on the chin. Just deal with it. And not to mention that, I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina, yeah. Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, all of these states have firework laws that allow them to use or allow the use of them. I don't so, know. This person was elected. I can't, this, this is not legislation yet, but somebody is putting it up. Uh, Keisha Waite, am I getting that name right? I think so. Uh, you know, so this is the idea. This is the, she's thinking, this is my calling. This is why I got into politics. This is why I want to represent my people, so that they can get some peace and quiet between 10 p.m. and midnight once a year. Come on. Stop. And after it just passed, too. Don't I mean, this happened this joy. year. Don't be a killjoy. Relax. They really, they really shouldn't have passed something like that if they were just going to go back. Well, they haven't yet. This is just legislation. But no, the it something like the, the fireworks are allowed. Yeah. The Von Hessler Doctrine says this is absurd legislation. Just deal with it. All right, we've got a segment called WTF, presented by Autumn Fisher, when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. You always find in-depth news coverage in your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution and over $200 in coupon savings. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hester. That's Autumn Fisher. That's Jared Yamamoto. And it is now time to do something we call... What the... What the... What the... Seriously, what the... WTF. All right. All right, Autumn. What the fun and games... I always think you're going to say it. Yeah, so close. So close. It's the uh, old so shock jock in me. Go ahead. Oh, you can't you can't take the shock jock out of the Eric. So you could take what how does that go? You could <laughs> you know. could take the boy out of the shock jock, but you can't take the shock jock out of the boy. Now go ahead. Shock jock. Okay, so Don Lemon on CNN uh, New Year's Eve broadcast looked like he was getting pretty drunk. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, fallout on the internet, especially Twitter. The, I, I was not watching Don Lemon. I was actually at a party, one of those parties where you turn up the uh, the volume two minutes before the thing falls. And mm -hmm. so we were watching the, what used to be Dick Clark's thing. I miss Dick Clark, so um, I watched the Dick Clark thing. I didn't watch the CNN thing. This is the one that is uh, Anderson Cooper... And what's the Kathy Griffin? Kathy Griffin, mm -hmm. who this is like her only gig now. Once a year, she's on there, which is fine. And so they had Don Lemon in where? New Orleans. That's yeah, they right. were. She, yeah, he was in New Orleans with another broadcaster. And uh, and Jared Yamamoto was actually in New Orleans. And he yes, I was. So Don Lemon partying with Donnie. Well, here's the thing: if you're going to be a broadcaster on New Year's Eve in New Orleans, you have to have a rule that you don't take your first drink till you're off the air. Because mm -hmm. if you take that first drink and you're amongst revelers, 
you are going to do what all drunks do. Think you're funny when you're not. <laughs> think you're charming when you're not. And say the things that you think at the time everybody wants you to say. And then you get in trouble. So let's hear uh, a little bit of this. Kathy, I'm going to blackmail you. Kathy tried to molest me, Anderson, in the green room. That is so inappropriate. She has my balls. And I have to say, Kathy, I have to say, nice rack. I didn't know you had all of that. Thank you. At that point, the other broadcaster just takes the microphone and walks away and gets him out of the shot. But uh, Yeah, and she seemed pretty annoyed with him, too. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're getting drunk. And my mom told me a long time ago, other drunks are only fun if you're drunk. If you're not drunk and they're drunk, they're not fun. There's nothing worse to a sober person than a drunk person. Now, if you're both drunk, if five of you are all drunk, then you're all charming and you're all hilarious. But when you're the guy who's drunk in a situation where everyone else is sober, everyone else this guy's working with, Don Lemon, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that he's a little more interesting than the average person on CNN or really anywhere, but I don't like the fact that he becomes the story so often. You know, it's, it's very often he becomes the, the story rather than what he's covering. And in this situation, it happened again. Now, I don't know if there's been any fallout from CNN as to whether they're going to you know, make him go away for two weeks or something for this. I have no idea. Well, it's funny. I put playing the audio to Mark in the control room. Mark's like, I mean, why didn't he get fired for this? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's he's I, clearly he's clearly drunk in that shot. Yeah, I, I, I get that it's unprofessional, but I take more offense to him not saying, um, I didn't know you had all of that. <laughs> so lame. Now, hold on. We that have is to, not the way you phrase that. We have to explain that earlier in the show, she had pulled open her coat and everything, and she was just wearing a bra. So he was responsible to something that had yeah, happened. Nobody says all of that. Yeah, well, I didn't know you had all of that. Well, when you're drunk, that's so I know he had all that. <laughs> oh, dang, girl, I know he had all that. That's what he should have done. You know what? CNN is so happy that anybody's talking about CNN right now that probably he's going to get a bonus. And you what are watching? Why would CNN have reporters in New Orleans? I mean, does anybody know what happens in New Orleans well, you on were, New Year's Eve? You told me that it was it was insane. No, I mean, it's like the, a mirror image of things walking block by block. You'd see people cheering, having a great time, and then one girl would be sitting crying on the on the street sidewalk, and then you'd walk down the block, and it happened again. It was a mirror image of things. <laughs> Every two blocks, you had revelers, and then the crying girl yes. upset about something. We don't oh know exactly God, what best. she's upset about. The crying girl kicked out of the club. They're not allowed to go back. And one friend stuck with her. I'll take you back. Yeah, the yes. one friend who can't have fun now because she's too yeah. much of a friend that she can't leave her friend. I and gotta hold back her hair back at the hotel room. <laughs> You've been there, Autumn. You know that girl. I have. So uh, I'm more annoyed. I'm not, I'm less comforting. I'm like, ugh, get it. Your get it together. Yeah, yeah. I'm not having fun because of you. So yeah. Don Lemon, I'm not calling for. I, look, I'm a. I've been there before where you get uh, thrown off the air or, or whatever. But the producers should have known. And when you send people into New Orleans, the rule should be you, get, you take your first drink after we get off the air. Maybe one little sip of champagne at midnight to be part of the festivities, 
and then you know what we're done at one or whatever and then you can just go get as drunk as especially you want. since the temptation is out there i mean they've got drive-through drink windows as, as you walk down yeah. bourbon street i mean that's yeah. that, it's so easy to get a drink well you have to be a pro like you got to be the guy you got to be the guy in the middle who's uh, you got to keep right. your head together so that you can report on all the other drunks you it cannot like, go ahead it's, it seems like someone important at cnn would have been watching this seeing that he was maybe not handling yeah, get him off the air so well and say yeah. all right Take him off. We can still go back to the other lady in New Orleans. That's but let's that's like stop that's, going to him. That's the local producer. Somebody on the right. ground needs to be saying, "Look, this guy doesn't need to be on the air anymore." Maybe getting, they were drunk too. Well, that's the uh, control room. Well, only no. Somebody at CNN. Maybe we'll find out from the inside of exactly. Maybe they're all getting drunk and it just got out of control. But that's what happens when you send a crew of people to New Orleans, Bourbon Street. <laughs> On New Year's Eve. There should be contingencies there. There should have been meetings about this before it happened. All right, hit me with another WTF story. Sure. Uh, nachos, underwear, and football were some of the things discussed um, with Obama and Jerry Seinfeld on his comedians in cars getting coffee. Now you know that I, I do love Jerry Seinfeld, and so I'm not going to get down on him. If Look, if I could get the president on any show that I was doing, I would get the president on the show. But when is Obama going to stop with this? I mean, it's uh, this is actually never. a step up because he's done YouTube, you know, with YouTube stars, interviews. At what point? I mean, are we just saying that there's just no, you just can't bring the, the Oval Office down to any, it's not possible to sully it by Eric, appearing uh, on different shows? See, seems like folks really seem to enjoy it. <laughs> That's uh, my let's, best Obama. Let's hear, so it's not bad. Let's hear some <laughs> of this. White House. Yes, ma'am. Speak with the president, please. Speaking. So you still up for a coffee? Sure. I want you to come on by. It's uh, 1600 Pennsylvania. And then uh, Jerry gets there and he knocks on the window outside the Oval Office and Obama waves him in and then they, they sit down and they have coffee and they talk. If I slid open your underwear drawer, one brand or a number of brands? You gotta go with one brand. One brand, one color? Yeah, of course. What's your most embarrassing president moment? This may be it. <laughs> No, it's not it, actually. Unfortunately, it's not it, because you appeared with uh, YouTube stars last year at some point. So that was probably... But at least most... he can roll. Yeah, but I mean? there's, there's an over... There's too much value placed on that. I don't... Look, I don't want the president to be the coolest guy in the room. I kind of want the president to be a little bit of a stiff. I kind of want the president to be a little more sober-minded than anyone else. You don't want him to interview the YouTube star who drinks cereal from her bathtub? No, I don't. It's, it's, uh, it's like I don't want to believe that I could be president of the United States. I think is what it comes down to because I know me. All right? The people who should be president of the United States are just in general should be more serious than the rest of us. Maybe even personality-wise to a fault. Like that guy to- just can't relax. Yeah. You want him to be the uh, uh, father figure from the 1950s. Uh, maybe a little bit. I understand. A little stoic. N- yeah, yeah. I, he's, withholding. It, and then every once in a while, like, he lets loose and does something cute or charming. He ruffles and you go, your head. Your head yeah, and you go, oh, well, he's just hair. a regular person. But this constant, you know. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Pandering. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that's out of character. It's like the yeah. worst schools in the world to go to are the ones where the principal tries to be your friend. You know, the principal tries to be one of you. That is always the worst idea. As a matter of fact, they switched it around. Like, I think that after a while, principals got tired of being the bad guys. So, if you notice in most schools, it's the vice principal. The vice principal is the guy that you got to see when you're in trouble. The vice principal takes care of 
uh, of all those things so that, so that the principal can walk around and kind of be the good guy. But when you're president, you don't have that ability. And you, I think, should show some decorum. You know, I don't know. I like the stories about Reagan that in all of his years in office, he never once took his coat off, his suit coat off in the Oval Office. He refused to allow people to take their suit coats off in the Oval Office. When you walked in the Oval Office, you had to have suit and tie on because... You know, maybe some people think that's silly, but I think it was his way of saying, look, this is sacred ground, and we're only here for a little while, and we need to treat it with respect because it deserves respect. You know, it's symbolic. I get that. But this is the complete opposite. Now, I don't mind when people are running for president, going on the Tonight Show and all of this. Because right, you need exposure. You need exposure, and people do want to know more about your full personality before they vote for you. It matters to people that you're relatable and you have a sense of humor or things like that. But once you get the job, the president of the United States, a 24-hour job, just think about your own life. I mean, just as a parent, I have two kids. I've got 900 things to worry about at all times. You're president of the United States. You've got 3,000 things on your plate at all times. And you really, really need to be focused on that as much as possible. I'm not saying you have to be a stick in the mud all the time. But... Answering questions about what brands of underwear you have in your drawer, and I just, I feel like it brings the office down. It may be, I'm just out of time. You know, I've said this before. I was raised on John Wayne and game shows. I'm a different America that I come from. Go ahead, Olive. Did you see what uh, the quote he said about Teddy Roosevelt? I know that's his favorite president. He said that Teddy Roosevelt would go to Yellowstone for a month at a time sometimes, and nobody knew where he was and couldn't get in touch with him. Yeah. Is that what you want to do as president? Disappear? By yeah, the way, that was... Like, that's, he admires that. That was like 1902. <laughs> Get out of here. What am I... What did I do? I don't... I should have been reelected. I, I... He just... He, I think he can't wait to get out of office. Honestly. Can't wait to move to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, he ruined that for me. My wife wanted to go there. My wife... You know, we're getting to the age now. Wants to die there. Yeah, we're all deciding. You know, we decide. <laughs> where, where do we want to die? You know, what's, oh what's our elephant's graveyard? <laughs> Where do we want to go to retire? <laughs> and my wife loves Asheville, North Carolina. And just as we started to kind of go, okay, when retirement comes up, maybe we'll, we'll go hang out there. She likes it. And then I find out that the Obama, I don't know if he still is, but for a while there, the story was that they were looking to retire in Asheville, North Carolina. And I, I'm not saying I don't want to go there now because, you know, I disagree with them politically. Who wants to deal with that ex-president security <laughs> in a small town all the time not me so he's ruined my elephant's graveyard thanks obama thanks all right hashtag thanks obama <laughs> uh one or two wtf stories when we return the von hessler doctrine on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb channel 2's brad nitz is predicting a high around 50 and that translates to a 7 on your personal Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hester. That's uh, Jared Yamamoto and Autumn Fisher. Hit me with another, another WTF story. Sure. So 19 kids and counting cannot catch a break. <laughs> Jill Duggar and uh, her husband are accused of abusive treatment of their baby boy. Now, what they put pictures of their baby on Instagram. And the baby's crying hysterically, apparently, and wrapped really tight in this blanket. 
right? Right. It's. I mean, it's not. So wait, they're so they're yes, saying it's like so, his foot is sticking out. It's not like he's bound tight into right. this thing. They, Autumn they, will they, apologize to the Duggars from now until three if I allow her. But <laughs> so they're involved with something called blanket training. It looks right? like it's blanket training. Now I looked this up from Wikipedia because I've mm-hmm. never heard of it before. Blanket training is a method adapted from the from a method adapted from the methods. Good writing. Hmm. Uh, it's a method adapted from the methods encouraged in to train up a child. A controversial parenting book to blanket train a child. A caretaker places the infant or toddler on a blanket and inflicts pain on the child when he or she attempts to leave the blanket. Uh, is I hello? I <laughs> is it, I mean, am I it's, missing it's something? Defended, it's defended by saying it's teaching them um, self-control. Self-control. <laughs> a blanket supposed to hurt you? No, no, no the well, no. Is just supposed to keep them still, and if they if they don't realize that what we're asking them to do is to stay still, then we continue to flick them with the ruler until they kind of get it. Uh yeah, you know, pain will, I guess, eventually. Yeah. You'll get some self control out of that, as in, you know, I won't put my hand back on the fire if I get burnt. Sure. But like, I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. know that that's a training method. It's supposed to be like instead of it, uh, instead of uh, training someone or a baby only when they've done something negative, you take time out of your day, even when they're not doing something wrong, to, to teach them to something. inflict pain upon them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that they can learn to never relax. I got never you know uh, you never know I'm coming at you. I was brought up in the box training. I don't know if they, my parents put me in a box in the backyard on a hot day, and believe cool. me, how, a did, couple, how did it go? Well, when they let me out, I did what I was told. It was successful. (laughs) I'm getting looks like people don't understand that I was joking about that. I was not actually putting up. But what's the difference? I mean, at what level can you go? I mean, you know, there's a fine line because when you you first have children, they are going to cry a lot all night. And there there is a a point where you have to be kind of heartless for a few nights. It takes a few nights to listen to them cry. And you want to go in there and you want to pick them up. But that is not good for them to constantly be being picked up in the middle of the night, in order to get them to sleep through the night, you have to endure a couple of pretty harsh nights where they're crying and you're not going in there. But that's not this. This isn't deciding to inflict pain to try to train something that doesn't even know it's alive yet. Right. Uh, how I don't under, I don't believe that. How old is this kid? It's an infant, right? No, it's a toddlerish. I don't. I think that he. I don't know if he's walking yet, but he okay. might be on the. Maybe he's like yeah. eleven or ten months. Okay, so I don't believe that someone that age has the ability to ferret out. Oh, they're hitting me because of this, and if I just stop doing that, I won't get the pain anymore. Who was the kook who came up with this? Who was the kook who came up with uh, to train up a child? Doctor Spock. Is it not? No. Uh, no, no, no. Even he was controversial in his day because he said pick them up all the time and overlove them, right? Yeah, and he did a great job with his kids. Yeah, of course. That's all. It's always going to be that way. <laughs> like the psychiatrist always has the most messed up family. Right. It's always going to be that way. I don't. I, you know, I don't know a lot about this blanket training, but I am. I do have a radio show, so I can say whatever the hell I want. I don't really have to be an expert to say this. Sounds like not moronic nonsense to me and in autumn you've got a you've got a young child now so you would never do something like this right i mean no no and i disagree with the cry it out method personally um uh, here we go. it's worked out fine well there's a difference um between adult sleep and baby sleep and we expect our babies to sleep like adults and yeah. you know when you put well, that expectation on them then yeah you're gonna think well i need to train them 
Well, I don't. I think that training is not a good idea. I think when you're talking about infants, uh, people who don't really have the ability to reason yet, I think right. training is a weird because the training has to be hot, cold, pain, pleasure. It's not a good idea for children. But uh, letting them cry for a while and not picking them up because they all they're crying for is for you to pick them up. It's good for them. It's good for their lungs. It helps, John Wayne. it helps develop their lungs. Oh, stop it. You Let them cry, but don't inflict pain is the Von Hessler doctrine on this one. <laughs> All right, we have uh, some Outrage Corner when we return. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.